Hey, worship teams, leaders, and friends, just want to say thank you so much for subscribing to this podcast here on iTunes and iHeartRadio and Spreaker. We value your attention and thank you for supporting worshipteentraining.com. If you have not checked out WTTU.co, that is our membership on-demand site for worship teams and worship leaders. You are doing your worship team a disservice, my friend. You need to go to WTTU.co, check out the membership because there is fresh and ongoing content every week, adding up to about 800 pieces of articles and videos, webinars, devotionals, and more, all at your fingertips at any time that you want to use it, all for the price of a Netflix a month. Do so between now and March the 1st, 2018, before the prices go up. Get your membership This is the Worship Team Training Podcast with your host and training director, Brennan Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. What's up, Worship Team Training? And all of our friends, worship leaders and pastors, uh, audio technicians, of course, our drummers, because that's what the show is about today. What's going on with you? Hope you guys are doing great. Uh, you can see that we have a lot going on today, a lot that we're going to be talking about between the communication effort between drummers, worship leaders, and band alike. So what's up? How you doing? If you would, please swipe and invite. Let everybody know what is going on to uh, share this out on Facebook and also Periscope. And um, we are going to be digging into it. And as we do, we also invite you to, this is your first time to watch the program. Hey, thanks so much for coming in. And we ask that you please, in the comment box window below, just say your name and the city or state or country of where you're from so we know who we're always broadcasting with. And also we thank all of our faithful listeners to our iTunes and iHeartRadio subscribers. And if you haven't done that, you need to go to worshipteentraining.com slash podcast where you can find all of our podcasts there and all of our shows in general. So we thank you guys so much for coming out. Today we are talking about drums. Um, I also want to bring up the fact that tomorrow is going to be a great day. We're going to be having Ryan Clare, singer-songwriter from the Northeast, is going to be coming out to do a special brown bag music with us tomorrow right here on the same channel on Facebook Live at 12 p.m. right here, Worship Teen Training, and you'll find everything with his new album called uh, Less Traveled Road. And he's going to be coming from, uh, he's going to be doing some of the songs from his album, which is going to be great. And also, you don't want to miss this coming Thursday. Thursday, we have Alex Avila. Avila. Uh, Alex was on with us back in November to do a show on drums, and he's going to come back again. Glad we didn't scare him off to talk more about drums and uh, the communication of what drummers can be doing better and how they can can be better working with their worship leaders as well. And uh, if you want to find our whole, our whole schedule, please go to wttu.co slash events. So let's jump right into it. My name is Brandon Dempsey. I'm glad to have you here. I'm a follower of Jesus and happen to be CEO and director of worshipteentraining.com and also our university site, which is called wttu.co. You can check out our memberships for worship leaders, on-demand content, and then back over at the worshipteentraining.com site, you can look at our workshops for worship leaders and 
teams, our mentoring studies for worship leaders, and everything else is there. Also, want to remind you guys, uh, we are uh, right now adding more content to our membership site, which again is the WTTU.co. You want to get there before March the 1st because right now you can have big savings and you want to check that out. So just go to WTTU.co slash enroll and find out more information there. So we want to do this as we're going through today's program, uh, asking you guys questions about your drums and asking about you know, how do you work with your drums, your drummer? Uh, you may be a drummer yourself. You may have a question about how, you know, what's to happen with working with your worship leader. Uh, or you could be a musician or a vocalist. So we want your questions. We ask that you guys go ahead and chime in and do that. And I'm going to roll on with today's lesson to talk a little bit about, you know, strengthening communication efforts between the worship leader and the drummer. But also, what are some important things that worship leaders need to know about drums? Now, I'm going to be um, teaching from here uh, about what my drummer and I were doing this past weekend. Um, I did some video takes there. And also, I'm coming at you as not just a worship leader musician, but I too had started out on drums. So I know a great deal about drums, about the instrument, and working with drummers. And so for me, it's easy to communicate and dialogue with drummers and percussionists because I've been one myself uh, forever. And so uh, guitar is more... Guitar and keyboard is what I really lead by, but drums and percussion, I have a huge background. And in fact, I've taught with Promark Drumsticks, and I've been their teacher in Dorsey for uh, the past close 20 years now. So I've done clinics, I've done things statewide, and um, I, I fall back a lot on my drumming experience because I feel that rhythm is one of the strongest components that we have as a team. And it's one thing that we can be, of course, as a unit, cohesively, and of course to be in the same key, but as many of you know, it's a quite different thing if we're not all in the same tempo planet. And so, for me, pulse and click is very, very strong. I take that seriously as a worship leader and as a musician, so I'm constantly thinking time. Uh, but there are a lot of worship leaders, as you know, you may be one of them, that maybe drums is just not your bag. I mean, maybe drums is something that's kind of a, it's not an afterthought, but you just don't know much about so I'm just going to teach you some of the basics of uh, some drum speak, let's say, to strengthen that communication. And also point out some things here in the video, uh, some things that I've done with my drummer. So let's jump right into it. Uh, simply, I start with this, number one. As we, as we look at our drumming and we look at the way that we um, work with our worship teams, uh, you know, Language is everything, and and uh, we ma we made a joke. Barry and I were joking about this before the uh, the article that we posted. That you know, drums are no different. I mean, speaking it's it's not speaking to a second class engagement like do this or do that kind of madness, and nor is it beatboxing in front of your drummer telling him, hey, I, or her, I want you to you play it like that. Uh, drummers will look at you funny. So, how do you speak in such a way that uh, would be beneficial for you and your drummer. Uh, number one, I, I say this, I, a, strong, a strong proponent of this, is to know the instrument. Know thy instrument. And that means if you are a worship leader and maybe you don't know much about drums at all, I encourage you to check out uh, just the beginning drumming books like Hal Leonard um, or some of the others, uh, Vic Firth, and begin to study what the hi-hat does, what the snare does 
characteristics are, uh, the essence of the kick drum, and familiarize yourself with each component of the kit because that's going to give you a better understanding as what they do and also it'll keep you from saying silly stuff like yeah can you can you do that wobbly wop doohickey thing Uh, again drummers are not going to know what you're talking about they're just going to keep looking at you like okay do you have anything more intelligent to say so i know that even from my drummer he wants something specific from me and he'll say brandon do you want quarter notes on the hat do you want a dotted eighth in the kick you know so again i want to slow down because a lot of you guys may be thinking yeah but brandon i don't know all about that dotted eighth stuff and i'm not a drummer so i'm just going to break it down very very simple for you and hopefully we can just get it that way again i welcome your questions you got them uh hit me up let me know what they are so that way i can better address them and i'm going to show you the video in just a second so I say trusty experts. If, you're, uh, if your drummer is there, uh, they have a talent and a gift for a reason. Um, it doesn't really matter what, what level they're at because they're the ones behind the kit, you're not. And if you are maybe working with a weaker drummer, then as a leader, you need to be doing what you can to empower that musician and bring them videos or you know spend some time with them after the rehearsal or before rehearsal and say, hey, can we just get you know the one – pattern down with the with the uh, quarter notes on the kick you know and practice playing with the click or something like that if you have an advanced drummer trust them and uh, and don't be afraid to to tell them what you want in terms of you know in this passage here during the verse intro can you give me more of a softer sound uh, can you build it up as we get towards the pre-course don't be afraid to tell your drummer what you want because I've spoken with a lot of worship leaders, and they've asked me, well, Brandon, how do I tame my drummer? And they go on to tell me, well, yeah, they just keep playing and playing and playing, and they never stop. And I say to them, well, do you give them any direction? And they're like, well, no, because I'm trusting them that they know it. Okay, well, that's the number one downfall as a leader is never just assume upon other people's behalf or your own because you don't know. And uh, many drummers will tell you the same thing. They don't really want to be left out, you know, like a boo in the ocean. Uh, they want the direction. They want to have a good feel of where you're going in the song because they just want to give it their best. And if you feel like, well, I don't want to tell them too much or maybe because I don't know enough. Well, as your job as the worship leader, you need to strengthen that component because it really does depend on you. To team up with your drummer, I would look at it that way. Don't look at it as the, well, they're always playing the crash cymbal every two measures. Okay, I mean, that could be a problem. Then speak into that and say, you know, like my drummer right here, his name is Joel. And I just tell him, hey, Joel, instead of, let's say, you know, he had a crashing problem like every other bar. And I just say to him, hey, you know what? What you're doing sounds great. Would you mind spacing that out a little bit? Maybe instead of every other bar, how about we try every other 16 bars, you know, something like that. But the better that you can encourage your musicians, and this is just a great way to go in working with bass players, other guitar players, pianists, vocalists, never attack with the criticism. Never just go off and just say, oh, that's wrong, or no, that's not the way I want it. Because all that's going to do is just breed a lot of animosity. It's going to bring some negativity, and you really don't want that in your team. I mean, the better way that I, like for me, what I do is I just talk about the nature of the song and I just asked the band hey you know this is our form uh, what do you hear in the passage of the of the verse or the chorus and I get a lot of input 
and I derive a lot of energy from them because uh, the team is what really makes the song. And I look to the drummer, number one. I always ask Joel before I ask anybody else. I'll say, Joel, what do you hear in this passage? Um, you know, does it like a tom groove? Uh, I try to get more backbone from him because I know that if my drummer is going to be jazzed about playing a piece of music, it's only going to make it that much better. But if, if I'm telling him constantly what to do, then he's not breathing his own art into it. So, again, trust the experts. Trust your drummer. They're there for a reason. Um, as I said before, know your parts. Uh, know the parts of the kit. Uh Things like sticks even, stick sizes are very, very important as far as if you know that uh, – maybe you don't know that drummers have different sizes of, of uh, you know the thickness of the sticks are smaller, they're thicker, they're bigger. Uh, 5As is a, is a model, is a common model. 5A is a very good medium stick. Uh, 7As are more of a light jazz stick. Uh, 5Bs are, are real heavy. So you want to make sure that uh, the drummer is playing with sticks that are conducive to the song, uh, especially to the room. Uh, we have a very good room, so our drummer can use regular 5As and get away with it, and it's not a problem. Uh, however, there could be instances in other worship settings where you're playing with a 7A, a lighter stick, and it's still too loud. And this is where, yes, the drummers hear the dreaded words, hot rods. And they're like, I don't want to play that. It's like kind of playing on – it's like playing on an electronic kit because you can't really get a good feel for the sticks. Now, if you're in that situation, I would encourage your drummer because I've heard a lot of complaints about drummers playing on electric kits those that are playing with hot rods and are like you know it's not natural it doesn't feel good this is where you as a leader need to come in and tell them well you know we're trying to play what's conducive to the room so how can we help the worshipers here Uh, what can we do to help serve the rest of the band and the song because if you're playing with heavy sticks in a small room you're asking for a lot of trouble and that may be the reason why um, you may have church people that tell you hey the drums are too loud it could be the sticks it may not be the miking of the kit it could be something that's just as simple um don't be afraid to utilize you know brushes uh nylon brushes uh wire brushes i mean there's different textures that you can use within drums uh hot rods are always great but there's also broom brushes um i mean a lot of guys are using like felted mallets now uh made of sheepskin or fabric Uh, they work great on toms i mean uh, if you checked out the brand new u2 album uh larry mullen jr is using on some of the the tracks that they recorded uh, i forgot the one that i'm thinking of but it's in the middle of the album and he's using a type of felt uh sheepskin type mallets on toms and it sounds great you can also throw a towel over the drums you can throw um, a small rag or something to dampen the the kit dampen the head so there's a lot of different things that you can try and you know be creative with your drummer i mean ask them you know what's uh, can you try this or that? I mean, don't be afraid to, you know, give them a little rain, but you also want to uh, bring them back in because I know like any musician, if you give them a mile or an inch, they're going to stretch it way beyond that. So, uh, are careful you, you want to be. So the, um, talking real quick about the rest of the kit before I get to the video here is, um, your hi-hat, okay? The two symbols that splash together. Uh, your closed hat is where it's tight. You hold it down with the foot. You want to get a good chink 
sound, a chick sound out of the hi-hat. Uh, slosh hat is like half and half. And then the open hat, of course, is open. Uh, foot pedal sound is uh, with the left foot. Or if you have a, um, a lefty player, then you're going to play with the right foot. Um, I'm throwing out some things, but hi-hats, you know, are quintessential for uh, contemporary music because that's mainly what everyone's locking into is what the hi-hat is doing and the snare is keeping time uh for instance a jazz band setting the rest of the band would be following the ride cymbal on the other side of the kit and the hi-hat as well so in contemporary it's flipped it's hi-hat here snare here um know about the the kick drum and what it can do um you know, as far as we call it a kick drum, why? Because we don't want to get confused by saying bass, because the bass player may pick, you know, peek out somewhere, and we want to have a good distinction between bass drum uh, or bass player. We want to just use kick drum and bass player instead. That's why we say the word kick um, snare. So basically, I'm going to play the video, and I'm just going to show you what I've done here with Joel and what we've done to keep in time. Now, notice. Uh, the kit is simple. It's just a, a very simple three-piece uh, kit, and he's got a few extra symbols here. But what i like for you to focus in on is just the simplicity that we're doing of the actual uh, tune. So there's not a lot of fills going on. It's just grooves. So I'll play a little bit for you right here. And I'm going to let him count off. And I'm playing with him. So just stopping right there, uh, some of the things that I noticed is that, number one, he is just right in tune with me. If, I mean, the number one communication besides voice for uh, drummers, I mean, drummers communicate with their hands, worship leaders communicate with their heart. I've said that before. So as a worship leader, I have to, my heart may be thinking about the song, but I have to use the right words to tell my drummer what he, what he needs. Drummer is the same thing. You know, he's, he's one to look for feeling groove. So the cool thing is that, uh, the second item is that Joel is, he's locking in with me as far as his eyes. I mean, he's locked in on me and, and every good musician knows that you're always giving good eye contact no matter what, because if I'm not paying attention to Joel, I'm just letting him play what he wants. He's looking for that gravity, that anchor somewhere, you know, and um, it's it's only going to empower uh, that music and, you know, sanctify it, so to speak, if we're both on the same page. So he's looking at me. I'm looking at him and notice the groove that he's playing right here. Just simple eighth notes on the hat. One and two and three and four and on. Got on. Got. Now I'm doing my own beatbox right here. But you get the idea. The the kick, he's not playing a dun dun He's just very simple on one. And uh, that right there is our primary beat. In any kind of situation, in any kind of tempo, learning to find one is paramount with any song. So we're, we're playing actually um, the song Yes and Amen in this recording. And we're just taking a very slow tempo. Um, got, um, and just keeping it straight ahead because the simpler that we can keep that groove, everything else that we put on top of it would be what? bass guitar piano another guitar and the more that we add instruments 
we want to keep the drums free. So that way, eighth notes are nice and clear. Everybody can hear it. Um, and, you know, just the way he's playing... Okay, the other idea is that his uh, the cross rim that he's making, uh, that's what we call it. He's not actually playing on the snare head. He's crossing uh, with the stick part half of the head and with the rim. And he's using his palm on top of that snare to make a cupping type of sound right on top of that head that makes it sound like a woodblock, okay? So the tone in the palm is very, very important. And what's great about what Joel's doing is that he's keeping still that two and four consistent. One, two, three, four, one, two. So any type of playing that we're doing, he's locking in hat and cross room together, and he's not blurring the lines. So that makes it easier for like what I'm playing here, if you can hear it. So I have a dotted eighth on my electric guitar, and it, we're going. We're kind of going for a John Mayer type feel. And what's great about it is that as he's locking in his eighths, and I'm locking into what he's doing, it pops out the guitar. So uh, that's it for our recording here. And, you know, we, we've taken a, another tune that's a little bit faster. But, again, the idea, and I'll just give you a different camera shot, but the idea is everything that Joel is doing and what I'm doing, we're trying to make a cohesive unit together. And that should be the goal of any drummer, worship leader, or band is that what you're doing together matters. And you want to have that team effort. So... You know, I would, yeah, there's like a drum shield here, but, you know, don't let there be a figurative uh, drum shield between you and the drummer where both of you are kind of working your own silos. You want to team up with them. Um, you know, I've said this before about relationships. It's very, very huge. Uh, make sure that you have that down with your drummer and with all your teammates on stage because, I mean, if... One person's not getting along with the other. It just makes your work that much harder. So let's take a different tune here. We're going. Uh, we're going to play "Glorious Day." And um, as we've done this song, I want you to uh, focus in again the simplicity of what Joel's doing on the hi hat and his snare and kick. There's not a lot going on, I know, but again, when you're when you're focusing on just the the context of the groove, that becomes a lot more important than just hand playing a bunch of drum fills and just digging right into it. So, again, he's holding down the line, eighth notes and hat, and now quarters in the kick. And so, what I'm playing right here, we're uh, we're locking in. So basically, what's happening with Joel is that he's just keeping time with what's happening in the band. He's not worried again about, 
you know, when's my drum solo coming up? I mean, it's more of the, what can I contribute here? I've heard a very good, um, maybe I'm trying to think if it was either a uh, Carl Albrecht or, um, Steve Gumas, uh, great keyboard player, years back, he said, you know, when I'm playing behind the kit, I ask myself, you know, two questions. If I add to this, how's that going to benefit the band? Um, or if I if I take or if can I take away something, would that benefit the band? You know, um, so anything he asked, he said the question, you know, um, anything that I add, is it going to disrupt what's already happening i think that's a really great rule of thumb with any band with any kind of music that you're playing always ask a good ask a good musical decision question you know is this the right time to play this note or is this the right if you're a singer the right passage to sing this one harmony part um i think so many of us are so excited about playing especially when we're in church or with our family we're having fun um it's easy for the nerves to kind of let go and you get excited but then when you look at the whole parameter of everything everybody's out everybody's playing there's no shape there's no context uh, there's no um Dynamics. So for me as a player, as a musician, I mean, yes, even when I'm leading worship, I still think of myself as a musician because I want to fit in with the band. I want to pull back. And I think it's good for all worship leaders and drummers to kind of pull themselves out of the band and kind of look at things from a broader bird's eye perspective because you kind of have this producer view in mind and you as the worship leader you're the one that's in control of that so you have the ability to shape your drummer and to shape the music in the right way that you want but you got to give good direction you have to learn how to speak drum so I've gone over a few things with you already about the parts of the kit. Uh, learning how to count is huge. So if maybe you haven't studied music, look, you don't need to be a scholar of music theory to learn how to count. It's just simple one, two, three, four. Uh, that's quarter notes. And then learn your eighth notes in between, one and two and three and four and. Sixteenth notes. Um, if you can communicate better that way, it's only going to make you a better musician. So if I'm able to say, hey, Joel, can you give me sixteenth notes on the hat? Can you give me two and four, a backbeat, that's simple too, on snare, you know, then he'll do it. If we're playing in 6-8, I'll say, hey, in 6-8, can you um, play eighth notes in the hat and uh, play on strong beat of four on the snare? One, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, right? So I'm able to better communicate with him and he's not guessing. But again, it's, it's, it's improving the sound quality. It's improving the acumen of the band. And also for you as a worship leader, you're becoming a lot more uh, skilled in the way that you approach music. So I hope that helps. Uh, the whole idea is to give you guys a little bit of a context of what drummers need and also what worship leaders need. So I think both of these are very, very important. Uh, you want to go to WTTU.co to watch other great drummers. We have Zorro the drummer. We have a lot of his videos on our show. Also, Carl Albrecht, who I've mentioned before. And don't forget Garrett Goodwin. Garrett was with us this past December, I think. And Garrett's going to come back again. Garrett's a drummer for Carrie Underwood. And he is going to come back with some more uh, material for us that I'll show you and we'll have him as another guest. 
And there's just a lot of great material out there. So you can get a lot of the stuff that we already already have at WTTU.co. You want to become a member because we have other great things coming up. Like tomorrow, Ryan Clare is going to be with us doing songs from his new album, Less Traveled Road. It's right here at 12 p.m. on Facebook Live, right here, Worship Team Training. And then also Thursday, we have our next guest. And uh, our next guest is going to be talking about you know, uh, drumming Alex Avila. We had him before Alex, great all, uh, all around dude. He drums over in Thailand. He's been all over the world. He's also the drummer for Christ, uh, Safari. So he's got a lot of great things to say. I ask that you guys join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So guys, uh, we put all this stuff out there for you. We, we thank you for your support. I thank you so much for watching these playbacks and live broadcasts and the iTunes and podcasts. Thank you so much for your attention, for your uh, participation of it all and uh, we ask that you would leave us a if you're listening by itunes give us a high rank uh, better yet share it if you're watching the video and you like the video then please share this with a friend let people know what's going on because look we're doing this for you because we believe that god has given you a vision as a worship leader and as a team and he wants you to complete the purpose that he already has put in your heart so uh, remember before we close don't be perfect just let Jesus lead you in life daily and then also to lead you within worship. Love you guys, and we'll see you back tomorrow at 12 p.m. Thursday and also our next show next Tuesday as well. So thanks again for being here. Love you. See you soon. Bye. This has been a worship team training broadcast and digital production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshipteamtraining.com. Hey, we know you're serious about training. Otherwise, you wouldn't be subscribing to this podcast in which we are grateful. And I am happy to announce to you Worship Team Training University and your trial period that you can take a VIP pass on me for a trial month at WTTU.co. Worship Team Training University is our brand new multi-level membership program for worship leaders and worship teams. On-demand training, all premier access, early releases, downloads of fresh weekly content, over 700 articles and videos, downloads, webinars, and more. Go to WTTU.co and check it out. And if you want that free trial, the one free VIP pass, email me, Brandon, at WTTU.co and check it out.